so this system is really neat because it has these chains of resonances you can actually put it to music and that's what matt russo and his team has done all of the inner five planets form a chain of what's called three two mean motion resonances so what that means is for every three orbits of the innermost planet the next planet out orbits twice and that uh, that chain uh, continues unbroken up until the fifth planet which is really cool Welcome to Shirley, You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. I have not done an episode in like months, and I've been getting this slow transition from fan mail into hate mail into death threats. <laughs> no, there's no death threats. But I mean, uh, I absolutely feel an obligation to keep doing this. I'm just really sorry it was over the holidays. Oh, Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New uh, Year. Happy New, New Year. Year. Um, today, our guests, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce them now. We have a comedian, co-host, and we have a scientist. Uh, comedian co-host is Aubrey Sweeney. Hi, everybody. Hi, welcome to the show. Happy Thank New you. Year. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Did you have a good one? You I do? did. It was you nice. went back home, right? No, uh, I got my family to come out here. Oh, so wow. it was oh, like, extra great. amazing. They had a great time and uh, home home is Nebraska. So it, it was really nice. Even though it was a little California cold here, uh-huh. it was they were, like, a prob- lot warmer. <laughs> they were probably like putting on sunscreen and everything. Yeah, we went <laughs> kayaking. <laughs> did you guys see the parade? Uh, we went to uh, the boat parade in Newport Beach. Oh, so, not the yeah. Rose Parade? No, um, okay. no, because we get like a lot of random people from Nebraska. Come, stuff like. right. Well, I guess it's usually when a team is yeah, in the Super Bowl, and it's like just the weirdest transformation where Pasadena just goes from being like a Pasadena thing that it is, and then all of a sudden there's like go big these, red. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we get taken over by RVs. Yeah. Uh, also joining us today is a scientist guest. He is a postdoc at Caltech, my favorite repository for scientists. Um, and we share the same name, Kevin and Peter. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Uh, Peter. Nope. Hard. Nope. Nope. Hard agree. Hard agree. Ullman. Yes. There you go. Hard Hard agree. Ullman. Yes. So I'm here. Kevin Hard agree. Ullman. All right. I have messed up every person's name that comes on at least once, and yours sounds like um, mine is just long, and there are two names, and it's complicated. (laughs) It's really not that hard to pronounce if you just read it through. But Uh it sounds like uh, like a name that comes up between like an old timey earl in england and then like uh like a royal family in polynesia yeah and one of the things we are going to talk to you about is uh discovering new objects which is like scientists new pastime now like oh hey we're not alone there's like a jillion things out there yep and yes. a lot of them are uh have weird names like that like yep the the huana wana one you remember that one <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> is that the one they think might be aliens like even the head oh. of Harvard now went on record saying that there is a solid. We'll get to that a little later. But why don't you tell? Oh, you can't shake your head no on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot see your your movements of That's disapproval. That's why it's podcast. Yeah. yeah, I can just I can just speak out the he shook his head disapprovingly. <laughs> Apparently, Harvard is uh, not good enough for Caltech no, and no, Harvard is fine. Harvard is fine. But you did discover something real, and it really was alien. It was definitely from another solar system and can can you tell us about what you discovered yeah so uh i helped to discover a planet which is called k2 138 um k2 is for the k2 mission uh 
based on the Kepler mission. So the and Kepler had, Space Telescope. Uh, uh, we had uh, Jesse Christensen come in yep. and talk about that. And we also had um, Peter Plafchen um, come in and talk about yep. that. Um, yeah. So, I see both of them very regularly. Right, yeah. And, and uh, uh, my heart goes out to him because he had a little bit of a, um, a health problem. And I hope yep. he gets better. Yep. Um, so uh, going back to Kepler. So the Kepler spacecraft was launched in 2009 with the goal of finding Earth-like planets around other stars. So a fantastic goal. Uh, so the ultimate goal is to find Earth 2.0. So let's go find Earth around a sun-like star. Brilliant marketing, by the way. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Earth really 2. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I already am packing my bag. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't pack quite yet. Our okay. technology's not quite there yet to okay. get us All anywhere. Right. One week. <laughs> but the goal is to find an Earth-like planet around another star. Turns out uh, it's a lot harder than you think. And our sun, we keep calling it an average star, but it really isn't that average um, so we found a bunch of planets though. So we found thousands of planets, um, four years into the mission, uh, the Kepler spacecraft actually broke. Um, it had originally four basically gyroscopes to keep it stabilized, uh, for, uh, was to have one redundant system. So there was an extra gyroscope. Oh, good point. Why do you need three? That's a good one. That's, well, like, you have, that's like a, a you physics have, question. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You have three spatial axes, X, Y, and Z. And ah, so if awesome. you want to keep it pointed properly, you need three axes to keep it pointed. And so they had one redundant, one of them broke, and then another one broke, and it's like, crap. Uh, what are we supposed to do with our broken spacecraft with only two working pointing systems? That well, happened at the Rose Parade, by the way. I don't know if you heard this. <laughs> the Rose Parade, there was a big controversy because a float right at the end broke down and it broke they didn't come and tow it it caught on fire yep. and uh and then it just it turned into a controversy because somehow all the tv channels just stopped playing it and everybody started getting up and leaving and then there were a bunch of floats behind i think like a couple of floats right. and they were like really upset and they were yep. like why are we like <laughs> we got totally screwed you know that's so sad because yeah. i feel like i mean they go all out on those floats i know i mean yeah. I... <laughs> I know. yeah and it was it was like one of the nearby i think it was uh sierra madre or south no south pasadena was one of the floats that didn't get seen oh and they're like oh, no. we literally like it this starts in south pasadena <laughs> and yep. so they've demanded maybe we should consider reordering you know not putting the the local floats at the end as right. if they don't matter yeah right uh, yeah wow cuz they do matter sure Sure. Yeah, parade, parades are really important. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. They bring lots of people into Pasadena. Yeah, so uh, it's important. Right, yeah. like 1.5 million people. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, actually, it's just sort of turned into a tradition now for us to not go anywhere. Like, yeah. everyone I know is like, no, we're having. It's like we're, we're having a party, which just means like hunkering down with boarded <laughs> windows, <laughs> shotguns by the window, ready. It's like, if any of those Nebraskans come right. over here, we're gonna have to take we're them out. out oh, I, I can still see some of the nails in your in your walls. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, but it's yeah. We go from a town of two hundred thousand to one point five million, which is just nuts. Um, yeah. Long time ago, I was there when a riot broke out on New Year's Eve. And that was just like the craziest thing I saw because it was like lo- people local to LA who were there to party and go to all the little bars and stuff. But there were also all these like little kids and families right. camped out. And so all these people got really drunk and they started getting, this was like 98, I think. And they started getting like really disorderly. And then just somehow it just spontaneously turned into this like 
like a riot with with the police pepper spraying. Oh my people. gosh! And people throwing like bottles at police cars, and there's just these like like these families just like huddling with oh children gosh. in like war zone oh, shock when, look on their face. Like what's going on? Like, when this fun was... fun family activities go horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's ever happened since. Though. Well, that's yeah. Wow. <laughs> you just see like the fun, like happy float thing, and then the police are like pepper spraying it. I don't know. I said it's like strange image. <laughs> well, this one there did... goes Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> this one did catch on fire, so yeah. you know that's anyway. So K two, yeah. so Kepler broke. I think is what the point of that. Yeah, long Kepler was. broke. So some clever engineers, I think at Ball Engineering. Uh, they figured out that you can actually use radiation pressure from the sun to keep the spacecraft stabilized. And then they also had a little bit of fuel and they have thrusters to keep it pointed. So Since Aubrey's from Nebraska, yeah. I think you need to explain both radiation pressure and the sun because they don't have those there the, we definitely don't have the sun <laughs> you don't have the sun <laughs> like, wow we have Wait, for like, radiation for the sun yeah what are you a month maybe at best. so in southern california it's actually sunny so if you go outside on a day that's not like today you can see this big ball of gas in the sky okay. and the this, so-called sun right. the so-called sun yes exactly the cloud hider yes <laughs> yeah, legend the of cloud this. <laughs> Henceforward, please call it the cloud hider. <laughs> so we have this cloud hider. Um, anyway, the sun is this big ball of gas in the sky. It's five you don't need to billion actually. years old. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's great. It's the reason we're here. Uh, but it emits radiation, and there's some radiation that reaches us. It's the and, light, right? Yeah, the, the light, light, the light calling, pressure. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that actually emits a little bit of, of a push on, on everything. And so... They figured out that you can use that little push to help stabilize the spacecraft. Cool. And That's so, awesome. really cool. because I guess in space, there's like almost no, you know, there's no, there's no friction from anything, right? right. So mm -hmm. even the tiniest exactly. little nudge yeah. can, uh, can do this. That's cool. Yeah. So they point the, the solar panels toward the sun and it's able to do that every, for about 80 to 90 days at a time. Uh, which is great. Uh, so we can point at a patch of sky for 90 days at a time. And then we have to rotate the spacecraft and look at a different patch of sky. And so we did that up through campaign 19. So we did that 19 times. And so we were able to use this zombie Kepler spacecraft um, dubbed K2. K2 is actually the second highest mountain on the planet next to Everest. Cool. Um, so K2 is sort of a, a double meaning. That is better than zombie Kepler. Which is, but I like zombie, which, yeah, Kepler. zombie Kepler. That would have <laughs> such a cool logo. You know, like mm -hmm. you... You know those photos of Kepler where he's like holding, I don't know, like a compass <laughs> right. or something, and they have people like he's pointing to things. He's so cool. That's a zombie version of that. Zombie, yeah. yeah. Somebody's got to make that. The log lines about like, I don't know, something about cloud hiding. I don't know. <laughs> yep. So we revitalized the Kepler spacecraft and we continued searching for Earth like planets. Uh, we cool. weren't able to search for. Earth-like planets out at orbits like Earth, because Earth goes around the sun once every year. What? <laughs> <laughs> what a great topic Whoa. fact for a first episode of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seriously just saw on Facebook the other day that there was somebody back on that the Earth is flat. Oh my god! It's uh, yeah, it's like, a like it's a new, it's, a it's like a new thing, old yeah. conspiracy theory. Like it's back. Uh -huh. So so you're saying that that's incorrect. <laughs> I, I hope so. 
a lot of physics is based on the fact that Earth is round. Right. Oh, um, no, all other planets are <laughs> round, just Earth is just But it's for sure sitting on top of a turtle, right? Is, do you guys remember that? From, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, in the fact, turtle theory. Okay. In yep. fact, the guy who popularized that story was Richard Feynman, in, and uh, this podcast is named after one of his books. Boom. Yeah. Yep. Bringing it all so around. Enjoy, yeah. Like yep. the Earth goes. Like the Earth. I have a, a former um, colleague who is now a grad student or postdoc in, um, down at the South Pole. And she sent me this photo and uh, she wanted me to to tweet it because last time she we tweeted she took a photo a really nice photo of the american flag during the new year's ceremony and joe rogan happened to click like on it so it went viral because that's how the internet works it's like oh joe rogan likes it so now so do a hundred thousand other people and so she wanted to do it again and she's like how do we recreate that and i'm like well you know it's really hit or miss and that's also like you know you know this aubrey is like from from being a comedian, we're always try- like that's a daily goal. <laughs> it's like I want this to be viral. Why won't it be viral? Because <laughs> <Funny. laughs> it's just totally random. Yeah, you know? it it's is. Like, compl- it's, there, there's, it's a nightmare. There's no path. It's just luck. <laughs> just usually involves being around famous people. Mm-hmm. That seems to be pretty yeah. much the only yep. thing. <laughs> um, she uh, she works for an experiment called Ice Cube, and she keeps trying to get Ice Cube, like the real Ice Cube, to like take a notice oh, and great. retweet one of yeah. her Ice Cube. That'd tweets. do wonders for the neutrino <laughs> community, right? <laughs> um, anyway, she posted a she gave me this photo of her doing a handstand, and uh, so I thought it'd be funny to to tweet it. She wanted me to tweet it, hoping I guess Rogan would see it again, which right. wouldn't happen, but. Um, she's doing a handstand, so I flipped the the photo upside down. So it's and I said like, "Hey, flat earthers, if if the Earth is flat, why is gravity upside down on Antarctica?" Which is just kind of funny because it's like, what? Is it? <laughs> it's just like so much bizarreness. Like, it even... <laughs> but it's funny because it makes it look like she's hanging from the Earth. That's which, awesome. Uh, you know, I guess that's cool. That's... Yeah. She. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, well, I'll reshare so it. Do... I mean, I'm no Joe Rogan, but. <laughs> Going back to Kepler, um, so Kepler can stare at these patches of sky for 80 to 90 days, so we can find planets with orbital periods shorter than 80 to 90 days. So we're not going to find another Earth 2.0. We might be lucky and catch like an Earth-like planet transiting once. So Kepler works on the transit method, so it blocks if a planet goes in front of its star and we're looking directly at that star and the geometry's all right. Uh, will notice a little drop in brightness of the star when we're monitoring the star for a long period of time. And so that's how we detect these planets with Kepler and now K2. And now K2, unfortunately, uh, it reached the end of its life. It ran out of fuel, so we had to put it to sleep. Um, But now there's the transiting exoplanet uh, survey satellite, uh, TESS, which is finding new planets around brighter stars. And so Mm -hmm. we're continuing to find new planets uh, with all of these wonderful space missions. And but TESS still works, right? Like, TESS still works, and uh, there are indications that TESS, TESS is in a really cool orbit. Um, it's in a, a resonance orbit between the Earth and the Moon. And so oh. it can stay very stable, from what I hear, for at least 20 years, assuming oh. no electronics break or anything. But oh, it's okay. very stable, so <laughs> hopefully TESS... It's breaking things on a satellite. When would that happen? Well, unf- oh, oh, well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things break all the time. Um, just in the news this past week, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope, one of its cameras went down, and because mm-hmm. of the government shutdown, right. uh, it was unsure whether or not we'd be able to fix it. Turns out uh, 
just I think this morning or yesterday, uh, they figured out it was a software issue. So oh, awesome! I don't nice. know who yeah. at NASA is actually able to work on the mission while while there's a government shutdown. Well, but... I kept doing science after I got fired, so I think yeah. that's just what happens. You just yeah. keep yeah. doing it. It's like I guess that it'll have to go with the benefit to mankind thing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. without food. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I work on grants with a guy, uh, um, and he said he's lost all of his. Cl- he does like some consulting for them, and he lost all of his clients. Wow. wow. Like he's out of business. Now wow. Because they all just couldn't fund anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, well, I'm glad to hear about um, Hubble. I think I saw a bunch of SpaceX people saying like that they were they wanted Elon to to service it because we they used to send astronauts to yep. it mm-hmm. with the shuttle right and right. then it would fix things and it has handles on it which right. is awesome nice. does Tess have handles do you guys consider that it might be fixed with people uh i think it's too far out to be serviced by people well, uh, hubble, moon, hubble is we're well, going to the moon yeah that's true we got orion we got maybe falcon coming up that's true um, but once you get dragon, once you dragon. get further away from earth it's a lot harder to convince people to to allow that sort of thing. Especially Hubble's in a low Earth pay. orbit, so yeah. <laughs> you can go up there. It's a little bit higher, I think, than the space station. Uh, but they aren't going to service Hubble anymore. Uh, they're they're thinking of the future, um, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of these space telescopes are very worthwhile, and so I'll I'll talk about another uh, another space telescope called the Spitzer Space Telescope, and that's what I use to help. Oh, you work on that too. Yeah, that's, oh, cool. that's what helped. I'll, I'll get there in my story eventually. At some point. <laughs> yeah, if we stop interrupting if him. We stop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's just this part of how it that, That's how it works. I, I get it. Yep. Uh, so, so K2 go, went and found all these planets, and then we have all this data. And we, we put all this data, uh, we processed it through a pipeline, got rid of the, the noise that's associated with the spacecraft jumping around a lot uh, because we have to fire thrusters. Um, we corrected that and we put these what we call diagnostic plots of what we think could be uh, what our pipeline thinks could be planet events. We put this on a public um, uh, a public website, yes, <laughs> a public website where people can log in and determine or classify whether or not they think this what we call light curve looks like a planet transit event oh i think jesse okay. told us about yeah that. yeah um, it's yeah, part can, of do you know the the url yeah Maybe you can go to can go yeah there. you can go to exoplanetexplorers.org and that will redirect you to the zooniverse project so this is part of the zooniverse project where uh originally i think the zooniverse was meant to classify galaxies uh galaxies in the universe have all sorts of shapes and we have billions of galaxies and Mm -hmm. so we can't have a scientist go look at every single little galaxy so why don't we crowdsource it and sort of train people how to identify types of galaxies and uh, go classify those galaxies and instead of having one scientist look at billions of little galaxies little blobs let's have the billions of people around the planet do it for us and they actually do a pretty good job at, at this so uh, the same concept arose uh, for the original Kepler mis- mission uh, called Planet Hunters, and um, and Planet Hunters helped identify a bunch of the these citizen scientists helped identify a bunch of these planets, and then we continued that with Exoplanet Explorers uh, for the K two mission, and 
uh, we got a big boost for the Exoplanet Explorers project uh, when it was featured on an Australian uh, broadcast called Stargazing Live. See? Told you. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Joe Rogan of the... Of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stargazing yeah, it gets Live. gets on TV and then yeah. suddenly... Yeah, yeah famous... <laughs> uh, famous scientist Brian Cox was sort of moderating this. Uh, oh. And so the first couple days, they were sort of training and teaching people how to use the Exoplanet Explorer site. And for the third day, they really wanted some sort of discovery to be announced. And they really wanted something like an Earth-like planet in the habitable zone, so the, the region around a star where liquid water could exist, roughly, to, to zeroth order approximation. Uh, they really wanted that. But it's really hard to find habitable zone planets. So what's the next best thing? Uh, well, uh, Jesse Christensen, who was on the show a couple times, go check out her podcast. They're really funny. Uh, Jesse figured out that there's this multiple planet system. And so uh, these citizen scientists on Exoplanet Explorers uh, found a system with at least four planets. And there's a paper from the original Kepler mission going back to, I think, 2012 that came out that said most multiple planet systems are basically self-validating. So in order to confirm a planet, you usually That's have... That's what my therapist tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> she gives yeah. me little, little things to say to myself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I am self-validating multiple planet system. <laughs> I am not a sun hider. <laughs> there we go. So these multiple planet systems, uh, they they basically confirm themselves because it's really hard to make something with multiple planet transits not be a real planet system or something. I don't know. I haven't read the paper in a while. Uh, <laughs> Man, come on. You were supposed to read it before it came yeah. over. Yeah, sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> this I'm, is I'm not so behind, reviewed. so far behind on my reading papers. This it's podcast is Patreon reviewed. It is not peer reviewed. <laughs> Which, by the way, please go to Patreon and help support the show, especially now that I came back. Um, it's at <laughs> Patreon slash SYJ. Why SYJ? Surely you're joking. Ah, there we go. Sure. Otherwise, you'd have to type surely you're joking. It'd mm -hmm. take too long. Yeah. No, yeah, I use TLAs all the time. Three-letter acronym. There you go. They're yeah, awesome. TLA. Gosh, yeah, I, I feel like even in text messaging, anytime someone sends me, I'm like, oh, God, and then I got to Google it. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, what does, what's that? What? LOL? What? Right. <laughs> Discovered on TESS. Isn't your thing an acronym? TESS? Yeah, TESS is an acronym. <laughs> Every, everything's an acronym. Right. People people don't speak in acronyms. They speak in like real words. Yeah, that's, that's just true. Right. Well, yeah. I feel like it's like we're turning into the Chinese language. I mean, but in writing. Yeah. You know, like we have emojis now and everything. Yeah. I think you know we're, when I was we're going to like cave drawings. Is <laughs> where we are. Somewhere between those two. Somewhere between drawing. words and when, cave drawings, there's emojis. When I was a kid, we're, we're slowly migrating. When I was a kid, I was always like, how do you remember all those different shapes? And then, like, now it's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Semicolon. Avocado. Winky, happy. <laughs> My mom just discovered um, the like memes 
Mm -hmm. so like with texting so Uh now like Uh yeah on like facebook and everywhere i'll like i'll put some like a heartfelt thing and then it's like a a dog with a surfboard Uh, (laughs) jesse does that a lot on twitter yeah she's got a pretty good twitter game going on nice yeah she'll be like oh no the satellite uplink broke down this afternoon it'll be like ashton kutcher crying or something (laughs) (laughs) she just has one for every emotion i like it it's fun yeah yeah i recently found that you can do like a search for a gif in, mm-hmm. in that's what i was looking for gifts yeah. yeah this is how i like i i don't know anything gif i said a meme GIF. i think it's the 90s <laughs> i don't know what's going on <laughs> it's raining i'm confused right. <laughs> what is this the sun's hiding somehow <laughs> are we in nebraska <laughs> so uh so these citizen scientists pointed out a system that had at least four planets in the data. And this was a really exciting discovery. And so they announced live on Stargazing Live that they're, that these citizen scientists had classified, had classified millions of these light curves. Um, and they found this really cool system with at least four planets in it. Well, when the scientists look through the data again, um, they actually found there was at least five planets in the system. Really cool. And then they found another potential planet. And so, uh, like I said, K- K2 stared at this patch of sky for like 80 to 90 days. There was this planet that had an orbital period of about 42 days. So there were two transit events mm-hmm. in the, the light Or curve. the length of our current government shutdown, probably. Exactly. Well, yeah. At least. At a <laughs> yeah. At least know. 42 days. Mm. Hopefully not, please. I know. <laughs> um, so... All of these other planets, the five inner planets, had periods between two and a half days and about 13 days. So they go around their star in really, really short amount of time. And for for reference, in our solar system, Mercury is the closest planet to the sun. Mercury orbits the sun every 88 days. So these are really, really close into the, the star. Mm-hmm. And this star is only a little bit smaller than our sun. Um, but, so it's really hot. So, no. Mm-hmm. Well, relatively, yeah. It's, it's okay. really hot. It's... Almost the size of our sun, so it's almost the temperature. No, I meant like on the planets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because they're like so much closer. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So these planets are really close, really hot. Um, And so this outer planet uh, at 42 days, in order to confirm a transiting planet, you need at least three transit events. Because if you only have one transit event, it could just be an anomalous signal. So you need something... Uh, with a second transit event... Like a screwdriver floating in front of it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> True story, there was this uh, unknown object for a long time. You mentioned this years in some sort of resonance orbit with the moon. Mm-hmm. There's this weird object that was kind of chaotically wandering between the moon and the earth okay. and it got a lot of attention because everybody's like they could plot its path and it was like what is this like mm-hmm. and then it, somebody eventually backtracked it it was like oh that's one of the apollo stages <laughs> oh, and wow. then and it eventually it was photographed and everything wow. it's like, nice yeah and so but it was just funny because everyone was like is this like another earth it looks like something called a quasi moon you must know about quasi moon. it's like where a moon is sort of half orbiting the sun half orbiting the earth cool. and so you know everyone's like do we have like did we capture some asteroid or something right. and then it was a little more disappointing but it was like no it's just space junk we forgot to yeah, write down lots, about a lot of space junk literally. right but maybe you know maybe that will go in front of the camera one time you're like whoa yeah. look at the size of- oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why i mentioned the screwdriver could just yeah i think there was actually um 
a couple people rediscovered Mars in some of the Kepler data um, <laughs> because hilarious. it's because the spacecraft is limited to pointing at what we call the ecliptic plane. So it can only look um, in a certain direction. Uh, a couple planets have flown through the data, and so uh, a couple scientists posted very these very prominent scientists posted on Twitter, what is this really cool thing that I've discovered in the, the Kepler? Because it looks huge data? or something, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it looks huge. It's super bright. It's really bright in, in this constellation. What is it? And the scientists on the mission are like, oh, that's that's Mars. I'm that's sorry. Mars. Oh, oops. Sorry <laughs> to disappoint you. Delete tweet. Delete tweet. <laughs> yeah. But that's only after, like, thousands of people have seen right. it. And... Yeah, just kidding. April Fool's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <the> day. <laughs> Sometimes that stuff gets picked up by the mainstream news mm. then it's really embarrassing because right. it never ends um yeah. uh this that sort of happened well this is a little different but like in physics we had this thing where um a group thought they discovered neutrinos going faster than the speed of light and um and this was in italy i used to work in italy and um you know eventually like most scientists most experimentalists like there's no way this is real but mm. it got everyone like the media loved it so there are all these stories about it and like a lot of people knew it and it turns out people in the town where the discover the quote-unquote discovery was made they all heard about the discovery but a whole bunch of them never realized it was retracted and so i'd run into italians who are like oh yeah this is the place where fast and light particles was discovered we're so proud of that and it was like really uncomfortable because you don't want to yeah. be like oh no that was uh, unplugged cable i'm sorry right yeah you should shut down that museum right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not accurate <laughs> yeah so we find all sorts of weird stuff in the data all the time uh so we can't have just one signal you need a second repeated signal uh, to say, okay, this might be a planet-like signal if it has the same drop in brightness from the star. Okay, let's go look at this in, for a third time. If the spacing between the first, second, and third transit events are the same, then it's most likely a planet. And so in the, the K2 data, there were only two transit events, so we needed to go follow it up. And so we used the Spitzer Space Telescope, which is an infrared telescope, um, that gets a lot less attention than Hubble, but it does some phenomenal work. I've done a lot of work with Spitzer data. Mm -hmm. um, some of the best telescopes are Spitzer telescopes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of... Everybody talks about Hubble, but everybody's saying Spitzer's way better. <laughs> so I, have to do, I have to do one there Trump you go. impression. There you go. That was really good. <laughs> thank, thank you. I do the best impressions of myself. <laughs> Maybe Trump will continue to fund Spitzer, because right. uh, Spitzer only has has about a year left um, in its mm. lifetime. It's not that the spacecraft is dying or anything, it's that there's not going to be funding uh, after a year. So it costs maybe about a million dollars a month to run and operate Spitzer. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to imagine. I mean, every time we read about this, it's it sounds always frustrating because uh, people think of like when, when, you know, when a program costs a certain amount, a lot of times I think people think like, you know, like, like a rover on Mars costs a billion dollars. I think a lot of people think like we put a billion dollars worth of stuff into right. the rover and like that's the cost. It's no. totally not it. No. It's like the people working on it and right. all these people employed. Yeah. I really hate the news headlines that come out that say X billion dollars spacecraft is now dead on. Right. on it's like, OK, think of the lifetime of that project. Right. Mm -hmm. It right. probably started 30 years ago. It employed hundreds maybe thousands of people over its lifetime mm -hmm. like that billion dollars 
just break up the cost. That's really super, super cheap for mm-hmm. a lot of this right. wonderful yeah. site. And then all those people solve all these important right. problems mm-hmm. and they can go out and they can distribute that knowledge that they learned from a really hard right. task. Right. Yeah. Just the educational oh. aspect alone, it makes it worth yeah. the, oh, yeah. you know. But it is, it, it never gets more, uh, I think, clear when you have a thing like this, like a telescope. It's like, you're obviously not powering it, right? right. There's not a long extension cord to the thing. <laughs> right. It's there on its own. Like, there's nothing about it that is right. being you know it's all just the program costs of people yeah spending all and their they're time. they're yeah. at like bare bones so this yeah. is like minimum possible cost and so if the spitzer spacecraft could survive for a little bit longer we could continue to do some really cool science and mm-hmm. follow up a lot of these exoplanet discoveries with some <laughs> tests so the stuff i work on is at um accelerators and reactors that one does actually cost a lot of money and yeah. it literally is electricity a lot of times like uh um at in los alamos uh, there's a accelerator called lance and it's the that that accelerator is the single biggest use consumer of electricity in all of northern new mexico it's yep. like wow. it's just all being dumped in there right yeah. but it gets funded because it's uh it's part of it's a uh, DOE. doe yeah, yeah. doe mm-hmm. sometimes i probably get some dod money um, but you know the or whole point TLAs. is they're hoping well yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know the whole the the idea is it's an investment in future energy sources so right. it's worth it which I think is totally valid yeah totally. there's a there's a really cool um, project coming online very shortly on Kitt Peak in Arizona there are a bunch of telescopes on Kitt Peak mm-hmm. um, and I went this... to college at U of A yeah, yeah I did too oh nice nice me too cool <laughs> Um, before you were like, oh, we were roommates. Weird. We had, uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't yeah. notice. <laughs> yeah, I went up to Kitt Peak. I took. I mean, I, my knowledge is very minimal, but I took um, astronomy one with Dr. McCarthy, who yeah, maybe Dr. McCarthy is he's, am- he's amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah, cool. Oh, All that's right. Awesome. Oh, that's fun. I'm like, <laughs> cool. I'll give you a hug there, later. There, there's like, a connection yeah. there. Cool. Go cats. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a, a four meter telescope. So four meters denotes the diameter of the mirror that's in the telescope. Um, that is being completely repurposed to do a dark energy survey so they're putting this like school bus size instrument at the top and this whole project is funded by the department of energy because dark energy hey it's a bunch of it's a bunch of stuff in the universe that we know almost nothing about yeah and uh, a lot of the stuff we do is related to dark matter i mean it might have to do with dark energy eventually but right that's a lot of the doe research is into that because If we understand that, we might understand something else. But even if we don't, if they're not direct, like one doesn't lead to the other, there's just the the stuff, the tools we use are always useful for the rest of of technology. Like a a really good example is uh, it's very hard to fund research for uh, pet scanners, but we always are developing tools and then to make pet scanners better. And so like it almost always like a pipeline of, of helping out with diagnosing cancer and stuff yeah. like that. And it's just this, it's just this weird thing where it's like, they can't, you can't pay for it with the direct research. Cause there's just not enough, right. uh, like there's not profit in mm-hmm. making PET scanners that much cheaper. There's a little bit, but there is a lot of reason to try and get better scanners. So we like work on these problems indirectly, yeah. even while we're trying to, you know, not 
necessarily just yeah and a lot of advances in astronomy have really helped the medical community um a lot of camera technology again goes back directly into the medical industry yeah i mean Um, they were digital cameras right like the first digital cameras now everything of the world revolves around that like everyone loves cameras and there's also um a bunch of image processing techniques that are now being used to like help identify cancer cells or something that were originally um developed when the Hubble telescope was sent up with a broken optics. So these clever astronomers needed to figure out a way to fix the images instead of going, well, we eventually went up there and serviced and fixed it. But the original images were really crappy. So they developed all these algorithms to fix the images so they could still use the data on this multi-billion dollar telescope that they sent into space. Yeah, uh, similar story is Galileo. It had a broken, and the Galileo spacecraft went mm-hmm. to Jupiter this was a really long time ago, like when we were kids, and um, well, when you were kids, when I was a kid, it was that a was really before long time my ago, time. Not for you guys. <laughs> when I was a kid, um, anyway, Galileo, it had this broken thing, so a whole bunch of people were like, it couldn't get enough data. Was so, it like the antenna or yeah, something? Yeah, the antenna was yeah. broken, so it was taking amazing pictures, but it couldn't send them back. Yeah. Okay, it, it had just this tiny little wimpy antenna, and it could only send. Re- it was like having a really slow like modem connection or something it's like some kid using like super fast internet today and having to go back to a 56k modem right exactly except it's even slower than even slower it was like it was like a hundred like a hundred baud rate or something like um so but what was neat is it spawned this whole thing people are like desperate to save the mission and unfortunately really never they had to burn it up eventually but um, but it, all these people started researching like how to compress images and stuff like that. And now yeah. that's what people do in their phones and they right, send yeah. all these compressed images. And a lot of it came mm-hmm. from that, uh, that original problem of like, how do we get, you know, important images through like a right. bandwidth, like bad connection. That's like our whole life nowadays. It yeah. is. Yep. Our gift. Science, <laughs> science matters, kids. Yeah. It does. Yeah. How am I going to send this gif of Ashton Kutcher crying if I don't have a way <laughs> to compress the data? <laughs> exactly. It's true. Yeah. So I'll finish my story of we followed up the K2 uh the K2 data um, to search for the sixth planet in the system uh, using the Spitzer Space Telescope, and uh, we got a third transit event. So we were able to confirm this uh, sixth planet in the system, which is really cool uh, for multiple reasons. This is one of the few uh, systems of planets that we know of that has six or more planets. I believe uh, when I last checked, there are only nine known exoplanet systems with six or more planets. So this is pretty rare. Uh, Not that there are systems without more planets. I mean, Mm -hmm. our own solar system has at least eight planets, depending on your definition of Uh, of a planet. Oh, it has nine. Actually, this is really (laughs) funny. You can start internet arguments with this because because we've had the planet nine discover on this yeah in fact we're gonna he promised me in person i was like you're gonna let me know if you found it because they they uh, him and uh and um and the guy who killed pluto mike brown yeah mike brown they killed they they went to hawaii and they took a lot of data and they have to process it so right now we're in this weird window where uh they're like they don't know and we don't know and they're gonna do this search for planet nine but yeah but it was extra funny is that when you you get in an argument with somebody because they think you're saying pluto is a planet right and it's actually like no there are nine planets 
if you believe the guy who said Pluto wasn't a planet. It's actually the same guy. Okay. Which sounds kind of like a hijack job, if you ask me. <laughs> it's just like, no, you don't have that ninth planet. You have mine. This ninth yeah. <laughs> yeah, he still wants to call it David Bowie when they find it, which I think would be so awesome. But I don't know if it will happen. I don't know if that'll pass the International Astronomical Union, which is the only authority that gets to name stuff. When uh, I, I don't understand why people still buy a star online. Because... Uh, you can't. But buy the it. guy. What do you mean? It's not the Aubrey Sweeney star. <laughs> People might change. So this is a big PR win. Was uh, uh, we'll have an episode about it soon, like a couple of weeks. But um, over on New Year's Eve, uh, this spacecraft went past an object that's past Pluto, and that same ob- uh, spacecraft. New Horizons uh, actually took up close pictures of Pluto. And what's super funny is that um, the lead guitarist, a queen, is on that team. Yeah, Brian and, like, May. Yeah, he came Brian out May. with a music video. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to have him on the show. I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, anyway, <laughs> it's just know. so funny because he, like, I'm watching this news conference about the the new object they passed. It's called Ultima Thule. And he's like, oh, in this photo, he did like a stereo photo of it. He's like, Brian May made this one. It's just like, how awesome a life is that? There it's like. He is the epitome <laughs> of rock star astrophysicist because he has his PhD in astrophysics. So. Uh, but that, uh, um, uh, Constantine Batigan is also a rock He's not a rock star. He's not like queen level, yep. but he's also a guitarist. So I think that's nice. why, that's why I have some hope they might actually bend the rules to like, look, we have to address the concerns of the rock star astronomer community so you and start need to get a few of Brian these. May and Constantine <laughs> on the show at the same time and they can just jam out <laughs> right. you'll probably explode on the internet right absolutely yeah. it's absolutely. so funny what you're saying though about the the naming the star thing last summer uh, there's a museum in Nebraska it's called Koneko and uh, this artist basically created this um, alternative history thing um just to kind of have people come in and and it was kind of in the whole like with the fake news and stuff like that and will people believe what you tell them and the art uh piece that i was with was actually the constellations and um they had uh, made up this whole story about how in the 1930s uh because people weren't interested the constellations were changed to this like big circus troupe and (laughs) then they're like just improv and like make something up and i was like oh great that's always a fun thing about being a comedian (laughs) oh you'll figure you'll figure it out (laughs) and so i came up with this weird thing about how like we were renaming the stars off of like our celebrities and like kim and connie wanted to be the new gemini twins and you know just like really just weird weird stuff like that and it was amazing like because people people wanted to believe it you know so i think that's kind of the same thing with the buying a star it's like what like people just want to right believe you can do those is that people are just not immersed in that every day they don't understand that this is like total crap right yeah they, they just don't connect they believe whatever you tell them because mm-hmm. you're supposed to be the expert you're, in yep this. yep you're and so yep. yeah that's why there's a lot of fake news unfortunately exactly yeah yeah <laughs> people believe anything mm-hmm. certain yeah. people well say. and also yeah. the bandwidth is too high we've compressed <laughs> we've, we've made internet transmission too good it's and now, too good now, yeah, instead of being pictures of jupiter it's mm-hmm. like everyone's opinion yeah. <laughs> like, well, not it is, needed Thank it you. is really difficult to because i'll read something and be like okay well i i believe this is correct but let me check five other sources before i share with my friend that <laughs> uh there's a sale at whole foods <laughs> i think there was a, a recent study that came out in the last couple of days that said it's 
folks over the age of 65 are the most likely to share fake news. Yeah. And that's where it's, Because well, like, this is, like, basic. the least, like, their childhood, I think. That's why mm-hmm. I think old yeah. people... I think, like, they're just... They're not used to being bombarded with this stuff. Like, a lot of really young kids, if you talk to them, they're, like, the exactly the opposite. They're, like, super internet savvy. Because yeah. they actually even teach it in school now. They teach, right. like, how to make sure what you're, you're reading is real and how do you, you know... Um, some of it's also just basic internet safety, which is, again, not a thing that, you know, yeah. that's important for kids, right? But that wasn't totally. a thing we right. were raised with. Right. So yeah. they start off with that, actually. They're like, hey, don't just talk to somebody who you don't know, something mm-hmm. like that. Which is right. the starting point of all good, you know, basic research. It's just like, yeah. you know, the internet lets us just totally pull out facts with everything and mm-hmm. then shove them on people we know where, you know, normally it should be the other way around. It's like, totally. here's my experience. You know, that's the old way of like yep. talking about yep. stuff. Um, oh, there's a, so I looked up this thing. There's this really cool museum in LA. If you guys are in LA and you haven't seen it, there's a, it's very similar to what you're talking about. It's it's called the Museum of Jurassic Technology. Okay. And it's I like saw that on it's a map somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. I recommend it. It's just like it's like a weird. It's it's hard to explain, but it's like it's like an alternate history of technology. So nice. it's like in a totally imaginary world of where things were done differently and it's and it's it's just really cool that's cool it's, yeah i'll check it out yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, i was i was really impressed with the with like the social experiment that they had with the alternative history thing just because i even felt um they did a big huge like unveiling months later and i went to that and i it was like oh yeah well i'm actually aubrey sweeney comedian not um expert of the stars <laughs> and uh and it was weird because they opened with a with a guy who i knew was also an actor uh, talking about this whole, you know, big thing, like it was real. They'd they'd had found like real human remains in the Berlin Wall was like the thing, and I and I almost raised my hand to ask a question. You know, That's I was great. like, "Whoa, wait a second, sir!" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Aubrey, this is not real." So I mean, it's just a very interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a weird dynamic when you're like, yeah. okay, well, this person has a badge on that says that they're an educator, so therefore they must be really an educator because mm-hmm. I can't just print. I mean, I print off the thing and be like, I'm Dr. Aubrey. Yeah, I have that, you notice I'm wearing uh, a Hawaiian shirt. I have that same problem when I go to Trader Joe's. Just everyone. Where are the avocados? Right, everybody just thinks I know where the Charles Schwab wine is. Um, I mean, I do, but not because I work there. Because I buy a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they have these little fake stories at Jurassic Technology yeah, Museum. Go. It's so funny. It's like, mm-hmm. it really gets in your head and it's, very convincing yeah so i love it yeah i'm gonna definitely check it out okay so um so kevin yep good, cool name by the way um kevin you you made this like this thing you, you it, it got a lot of internet attention so and... i didn't make it oh, but i okay. helped but i helped, helped with the it. science and yeah. promote it yeah. yeah um so this system k2138 can we just record that again when you say yeah so i made this no I'm, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just edit that in. exactly um so uh, this when the original five planets were announced, um, an astronomer at, in Canada uh, at the University of Toronto, I believe his name is Matt Russo. Uh, he's a musician and an astronomer. So mm-hmm. again, with our... Canada is like uh, just a lot like Nebraska, but they have a government running <laughs> exactly. right now. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Everybody's <laughs> also nice there. <laughs> and they actually get snow. Mm-hmm. Unlike Southern California, yeah, but yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska, yeah. we get yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Uh, so this another rock star astrophysicist helped us uh, visualize, or more like 
put this to audio. Audioize. Audioize. I don't know. I don't know what the harmonize ear music. Musicize. I'm just making up words now. I do that a lot. So this system, when the original five planets were discovered, uh, it turns out that this system is really cool. Uh, All of the planets are in what is called a mean motion resonance. So this particular system is... You mean the MMR? Yes, MMR. And it's even like that in in a bunch of papers, MMR. Uh, we should do an episode where we don't explain any acronyms. It just know, we, just, yeah. we just all use acronyms. as many yeah. as possible. Mm. No, and somebody's no gonna go. Right. Somebody's <laughs> gonna go through it and like list the four thousand acronyms you use. Right. And, uh, and all they can start off. Welcome to SYJ. <laughs> I'm your host KPH, which I do go by by the way. So maybe that's why I like TLA so much. I, I break the TLAs. I'm KKHU. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Uh, but this system has a bunch of all of the inner five planets form a chain of what's called three two mean motion resonances. So what that means is for every three orbits of the innermost planet, the next planet out orbits twice, and that uh, that chain uh, continues unbroken up until the fifth planet, which is really cool. So for for each planet, they're all in three two resonances. So the one inside orbits three times for the next one to orbit twice, which is really cool. So this it's, audio is like a simulation of the the solar system forming, right? Yeah. That causes this resonance. Yeah. So well, let me so go the ahead way, and play it. Yeah. And then, go ahead. Uh, all right. So. So <laughs> the last ping, by the way, was a notification. Said <laughs> 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 I have email. <laughs> it's not just like, like, oh, we forgot that planet. <laughs> Where did that one come from? Well, now, now that you mention it, there could be more planets in this system. Uh-huh. Uh, so I mentioned that these inner planets form a nice three-two resonance chain. This outer planet breaks that resonance chain. Uh, with between the fifth planet and the sixth planet they're closer to like a three to one resonance. So for every three orbits of the inner planet, this next one out orbits once or so. Um, So it's close to a resonance, but if there were two planets in between the fifth planet and the sixth planet, uh, on continuing this three, two chain, this this planet would actually continue near that three, two chain, which is really cool. Um, so so like it just keeps scaling. So up it keeps scaling a... up, um, and this isn't a perfect, perfect three-two chain. It's not perfectly such that the inner planet orbits three times for two of the the next one. Mm. Um, 
there's some slipping. And so in this video and in the audio, you guys should go check it out at system-sounds.com um, and look at all of Matt Russo's all other cool stuff. Yeah, all of got the a stuff lot of that cool, he has is really awesome. They have a lot of cool things about Saturn and stuff. They have a bunch know. of audio things and put to visualizations. So mm. you, you get the best of both worlds. Uh, and this is just a podcast. So we can only show that <laughs> we can only show or give you the audio. Um, but this particular system, if there were more planets, we would maybe continue this resonance. And so it's possible that there are other planets in this system, either between the fifth and the sixth planet, um, that just don't cross in front of its star, uh, which is one potential reason why we didn't detect anything. Um, it's also possible that they're just so small that within the detection limits of our telescopes, we couldn't see those planets blocking out some of the starlight. Um, it's also possible that there might be planets further out, further out than this sixth planet. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a lot harder to go and follow this up. Uh, so what we're doing now is doing follow-up with ground-based telescopes uh, to try to measure the masses of some of these planets. So with the transit method, we can get the radius because it's just blocking out, going back to like middle school or high school geometry, you're just blocking out the area from the planet onto the it's like area a, of the it's star. It's like a, like a little baby eclipse, right? Yeah. It's like a disk over the sun and so yeah. like whatever and so size you, it is. Yeah, you can figure out the size, the radius of the planet with this transit method. Um, but you can also determine the influence that the planet has on its host star by getting a spectrum of it. Speaking some, of transits, yeah. uh, so you were talking about the flat Earth people. Um, mm -hmm. I guess there's a there's a spinoff of flat Earth where people think the space station is a balloon. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are like, well, if the Earth's not round, why is the space station rotate because it's a really easy thing it's a huge thing you can like take binoculars right and you can like see the the you know everything on it you can see like the solar panels because right. it's enormous <laughs> right it's like so the size it, of a football field so is it like a balloon holding us up <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, that's what i find so strange it's like that's literally harder to do than to just yeah. like launch a satellite <laughs> you literally embedded a harder task i don't know what this weird <laughs> I do like that idea, though, where it's just like, this is a balloon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to the... <laughs> yeah, but the reason I have to do transits is people have been... Uh, I, I just saw somebody post... Oh, I should figure it out who they were. But they, they, they said, like, they were waiting years to take this photo of the space station going in front of the, the moon. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I've been trying to do this for so long, and it's always never worked out. Because you have to, like, you have to figure it out on the thing, right. what day it's going to happen. Yeah. When it goes right above you, you have to be at the right time, the right place. And then you have to, like, you know, like, click your camera. Like, the, it's yep. the exact right. moment yep. that Quickly. it happens. I have a lot of appreciation for those people who have the patience to be able to do that. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. Yeah, he said it was, like, years. He'd yeah. been trying over and over. <laughs> and then he mm -hmm. finally was like, I finally got it. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so this system is really neat because it has these chains of resonances. You can actually put it to music, and that's what Matt Russo and his team has done. Okay, um, but there's like a cloudy part. That, yeah. Is that, that, so so the video starts out as this like cloud, and you if you listen carefully, it's in nice harmony. Yeah. When you hear really cool. all of the all of the tunes, it sounds really nice. And then the the disc dissipates, and so there's a slider that goes from birth to today, and so. Uh, when we were 
well when matt which was is trending kind of... on the internet right now but like, yeah. this is like me 10 years ago it's the same here but it's like me 10 billion years ago yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah i'm actually not sure of the age of this system oh, um, man, i think i'm gonna i'm gonna tweet that now after this after yeah. this i'm gonna tweet that it'd be really funny i'll take because we have a lot of <laughs> peter uh Plafchen, um is always posting photos of baby solar systems he yeah. takes these really amazing ones where you see the cl- instead of planets, you see like the clouds. So it'd be really funny to have exactly. like a healthy solar system, and then like you know me. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There ago. you go. That that might go viral. It might. It might, but it won't. Uh, again, I'll share it. <laughs> yeah, our, our little spheres of influence can can maybe hopefully yeah. get it more. I views. think, as far as I can tell, everyone I know has blocked me or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so it starts out with this like cloud. So we know that stars and planets form in these clouds, and then there's a, a gravitational collapse. You get the star, and then the star gets a disk of material. And so we start off uh, where we think one potential scenario for this system is that the planet started off in resonance. And as the the planets gain their material and the gas disk dissipates, uh, these planets slowly move out of resonance. And so... Uh, that's where we get the detuning of the system. So once the disk dissipates, it sounds kind of funky. It sounds more plucky and not in nice, nice tone. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to birth. Uh, we re-reverse the situation mm-hmm. just so it ends nice and harmon- in harmony. <laughs> and I wish life worked that way. Exactly. <laughs> right, Aubrey, Kevin, thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, I think thank you. Know. This has been really fun. I really yeah. like, I'll play that sound a couple of times, I think, because... That's a, you know that that's a should play it at like a spa or something. Yeah. There should be like an astronomy themed spa, you know, where like instead of hot stones it's like moon rocks or something. You know, I think that could be like a <laughs> real go. high profit market. That, that's spa. your next job. Right. There well, you go. There should just be like a whole channel, you right. know, where like in the mornings it's like the chill and like the spa music and stuff, right. and then you've got like the rock right. rock videos. You're listening to the AMV channel. Yes, I'm in. All right, thank you for being on Shirley, you're joking. Thank you. Thank you so much.